I don't think it is a coincidence that the phones that we carry around with us are called cell phones. That is exactly what they can be if we let them. They become mini cells that can be a prison for us if we allow them to be. Some of us are locked into our phone into a cell that some can't seem to get out of. Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. My name is Don, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, Travis. Yes, I'm back. You're back, Don. It's so great to have all of you listening with us today. Well, we are just coming off of a week of celebrating your book release. Travis, your book, Gripping What Matters Most, just came out this last week. Yeah, it did. And Don, as you know, I'm so excited. It's been fun. A great week. Yes. Just seeing people buy the book and hearing some of the feedback from it. Again, it's available on Amazon. Yes. If you haven't ordered your copy yet, I highly recommend it. The thought I just shared in the intro about our phones becoming prison cells was inspired by a Francis Chan podcast that I heard a while back. His comparison of cell phones with an actual prison cell really got me thinking about my own life and my own phone usage. Honestly, trust we we love our phones, don't we? And we appreciate the connection and communication it gives us to the outside world. Yeah, honestly, Don, you and I both, I mean, we just recently got new phones and I do love my phone. I mean, it is such a great tool. We use it for work. We use it a ton for our family. I mean, yes. we FaceTime with our kids. We we have this uh, family group text, this thread that we're always chiming in on. And it, they can be really, really great yes, in they- a lot of ways. So we do love them. And for us to do a podcast or an episode, I should say, on cell phones and not admitting how much we use them would be bad. It I mean, would we, be, yeah. We gotta be honest. I agree. I can just look at my cell phone and my apps right now and I realize how many different forms of communication I have just with my job, like through Zoom, through Slack, through um, just my email. There's so many different forms of communication I have with my job. But I also must admit, Travis, I like my phone because I like some of my social media apps. I love to stay caught up on how people are doing. We've pastored, you know, in a couple other churches and it's so fun to look back and see how people are doing. And even some of our students from our youth ministry way back in the day to look at their lives and go, wow, that's cool. Like they're married now and they have, you know, good jobs. And I don't know, it's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. And Don, honestly, I think one of the things that you've probably seen me do if I overuse my cell phone, it's to read the news. And part of why I like to read the news is because I feel like when you turn on the TV, you get spoon fed everything that the media is telling you. And so at least when you read the news, you get a chance to kind of hear both sides and you can read articles that you choose that you want but there have been times I have definitely overused my phone and gotten too absorbed in the news and there's so much negativity out there it becomes a black hole and I get pulled into it that would be one of my big confessions of overusing the phone about four years ago we watched a video by Simon Sinek about the dangers of cell phones and social media and this is where it really changed our viewpoint about our phones it did it was an interview They were just kind of sitting in chairs and they were just kind of unpacking the impact of cell phones on just everyday life and on relationships and the dopamine, the addiction that comes through it. It was fascinating. I know once we watched this video, we turned off almost all of our notifications and we went out and we bought real alarm clocks. And I think we realized at that point, you know what, it's okay to own a phone 
It's just not okay to be owned by your phone. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, like, and I think you can own it, but don't be owned by it. Yeah, I think that video, kind of that interview with Simon Sinek, it kind of nailed us at that point, at least got us to stop in our tracks and to really start looking at our own lives and yeah. our own phone usage. And like you said, just not, we want to be in control. We yeah. don't want to be owned. So, why is phone usage or social media usage relevant to marriages? Well, according to researchers at Whistle Out, they found this the average person spends a little over 76,500 hours on their smartphones over the course of their lifetime, which works out to 8.74 years of your life. This is based on the average age of acquiring a phone, which is now just over 10 years old, coupled with 3.07 hours of average daily use. Travis, that's wow. almost nine years of our life. Like oh nine years. My I, gosh. That makes me throw up. That's <laughs> like horrible. I don't want to waste nine years on my phone. Yeah, that's why we needed to take 20 minutes to oh, talk about this in wow. this episode. Yeah. Man, 8.74 years, oh. nine years. So important to really stop and think about not only are we wasting time, but then what about the impact of that time or the impact of of those experiences with our phone or social media? What is that doing to our marriages? What is that doing to our own minds, our own brains, our own lives? Well, when the average person spends three hours a day on their cell phone, and Don, you and I are just as guilty as others where we know that there, there have been many days where that's happened to us as individuals, but also as a society, there is a technological addiction going on. There's an addiction to our cell phones and especially to social media. So when we began to kind of talk about this and dig into this a little bit further, we felt like we needed a tune-up for our marriage Mm -hmm. in this area that we really wanted to focus on the impact it was having on our marriage, but also to help other marriages. And so this is from the folks over at addictioncenter.com. Isn't that crazy? addiction center and they have this whole section on phone addiction but here's what they write this is crazy phone addiction according to them is the obsessive use of a smartphone the behavioral addiction is often dubbed as nomophobia or the fear of being without a mobile device i think we've all had that before right there are over 3.8 billion smartphone users in the world research published by virgin mobile discovered that those billions of smartphone users receive this is crazy when i read this 427 percent more messages and notifications than they did just a decade oh ago. That's, Our lives that's crazy. have changed. Yep. Like, I mean, unbelievably changed in the last 10 years and our society has. It says that they also send 278% more texts. So the rise in phone use seems like a natural necessity for modern life. However, it can also cause concern and negative consequences. Obviously, if you're spending that much time on a phone and sending 278% more texts, we're spending too much time on our phones. So much. Yeah, so much. And here's the sad thing. The phone and social media is really becoming a, you know, kind of a a substitute for things that we actually need, like human interaction, love, face-to-face, like uh, relationships, eyeball to eyeball. You know, there's something so powerful that is exchanged in between two humans or a group of friends that get together. And when we have these phones in our hands all day, every day, or in our front pockets, ready to pull out, you know, kind of like a a gunslinger from the Wild West, you know, we're just fast and we pull them out when we hear 
hear that, you know, that chime from getting a text or we feel the vibrate in our pocket and we know that a notification has gone off. Man, there is something wrong and we need to be concerned about that. Yeah. Travis, it's so true though, because when I feel that vibration or I see that number on my text, I want to open it. I want to not wait and just look, or I can look down quickly at my watch. My watch will show me the message and it's Man, you're just drawn to it. You have to know who is trying to contact you at that moment. Yeah, and isn't it interesting? You and I have had almost disagreements, but certainly discussions on, you know, I'll get a text and you'll and, and I kind of just set my phone down after reading it. You're like, wait, aren't you going to get back to him? Aren't you going to reply <laughs> yeah. to him? And I'm thinking, well, wait, I want to do it. I don't want my phone to control me. I want to do it my own time. Yeah. But then in a way... It seems rude. Yeah, it seems it rude to me. Yep. It seems rude to you that, boy, I just got this. I read it and now I'm not responding. But what's so wild is then we allow, we fall, ourse- fall into the trap of allowing ourselves yeah. to be controlled by we all do. of the, yep. you know, bombardment of communication that's coming in. We're not really living our lives on our yep, terms. I agree. I know there's definitely a social pressure to respond immediately. And I'm not a procrastinator in general. My life is not that way. And so I want to quickly get back to them and... It, man, it just sometimes it impacts us. And I feel like we try to balance this. We go, we do better at times, Travis, where we aren't on our phones as much, but then there's other seasons where we're just on our phones even more. And um, I just want to make sure that we are not overdoing it with our phones. Well, according to former Google design ethicist, Tristan Harris, features like pull to refresh were inspired by slot machines and other casino games. Here's what they did. Designers and engineers meticulously develop every aspect of the device to create fanatical users. Yes, it's funny because you had wow. pull to refresh. Obviously, we can just take our thumb and pull down real quick, right? Like refreshing. And it's just like a quick motion that we're, we all know what that means. Yeah, it's a good feeling. It makes you feel good. You're like, oh, something good's coming and you're waiting and then you jump on it when it comes and you feel better. Well, again, according to addictioncenter.com, here's what they say. Phone addiction may lead to sleep deficit, lower concentration, creativity blocks, aggravated ADD, anxiety, reduced cognition, stress, loneliness, insecurity, impaired relationships, poor grades, and psychological disorders. Wow. Wow. Those are all very negative things, things that I don't want to struggle with. And I can see how being addicted to your phone can cause a lot of those things. Well, when we think of cell phone addiction and the commitment that seems like everybody in society has this overcommitment to our phones, we often think of this passage in the Bible. It just feels like it goes. And Jesus gives us this in Matthew chapter 6, Verse 22, he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And as we think of the words of Jesus you can't help but read this and go, wait a second. Am I feeding my eyes? Am I feeding my soul? Am I right. feeding my body with the, you, you know, with what I see on my cell phone screen or in social media and that light that's coming into our souls? Is it damaging right. us? Yep. It's so interesting to hear that scripture because I love what it says. You know, the eye is the lamp of the body. So are our eyes healthy? Like are what we placing our eyes on and focusing on over and over again 
Is it healthy? And I look at, think about our phone. I'm like, no, not always. It isn't always healthy. It's too much. It's too much of the same thing. Yeah. And it's interesting because I believe it's in Hebrews where it says in the Bible, it says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. And it's wild because we fix our eyes actually way more on our cell phones than we probably do on our God who is alive and living and wants to bless us and encourage our marriages. This is definitely a relevant issue to talk about when it comes to marriages. So why? Why should we be talking about cell phone addiction or just cell phones, the prisons that we are in from our cell phones? Well, let's just take a closer look at it. The reason it's important, it's relevant, is because we consciously and unconsciously think about our phones or social media all the time. And with that, do we think about our spouse that much? So are we thinking more about our phones or our spouse? Probably not. Yeah, we're thinking about our phones. Like It's like we all consciously are aware of where our phones are all the time. And if we're not, we freak out. We go crazy. It's funny though, because we protect our phones and we buy cases for them. We insure them and do everything that we can not to drop them. But do we protect our spouse and have concern for them as much as we do for our cell phones? I don't think so. I wish we did. I wish we did everything we possibly could to protect our marriages. But oftentimes they fall to the wayside in comparison to our phone. It's funny that we also, we we hold it in our hands more than we hold our spouse's hand. And that's sad because I love holding your hand, Travis. I love it when we're driving and you reach over and you hold my hand. And I don't want my cell phone to be in the way. I don't want it to be your hand, my cell phone, and then my hand. Like, yeah, that just sounds yeah. horrible. Cell phones are like always nearby and they're like right there in our hands. We're constantly yeah. holding them. And that comparison that you're making, Don, between holding your spouse's hand or your cell phone, like how many, how many minutes of the day or how many hours of the day do you hold your spouse's hand? Right. And how many minutes or hours of the day do you hold your cell phone? Which one's more important? Yeah, that's true. When we think about our cell phones, the worst thing that we could imagine is losing our cell phone. I know Travis all of a sudden, I'm like, where's my cell phone? Or you're like, where's my cell phone? And we just stop and we drop everything to make sure that we find our cell phone um, or make sure that we didn't leave it somewhere. I remember that one time we were on a road trip and we went into a wayside rest. And remember I put my cell phone down and I left it in the bathroom. And we were, I think in like Illinois or somewhere like out of state. And we drove about 10 miles. I'm like, oh no, my cell phone. I <laughs> it's remember back there I at the roadside, the roadside yeah. in the bathroom. But it was a horrible feeling. We start to freak out. We start to lose our minds. But have you ever thought about life without your spouse lately? Yeah. I mean, we think about it's our life comparison. oftentimes without our cell phone. But what about without our spouse? I wouldn't want to live life without you. Another reason that this topic is so relevant to marriages is because we spend so much time staring into the face of our cell phone. Lots of FaceTime. And we, if you think about it, we look at our phones a lot. So who gets to see your face more, your phone or your spouse? And that's just something I think it's really important to think about. Yeah. I mean, I, we, we know couples where their faces are down in their phones. Like it feels like almost all day long, but it's like they don't really look at each other hardly. They hardly just sit across from each other and have conversations. So, so sad. The answer to the question, why is it relevant to talk about the effects of social media and your cell phone is that we have a relationship with our phones, a much better relationship than we do sometimes with our spouses. So the answer to the question, why is it relevant to talk about the effects of social media and your cell phone is that we have a relationship with our phones. It's a much better relationship than we do (laughs) oftentimes with our spouses. It's one with an unquestionable commitment. Wow. Yeah, it's so true. Don, if we named our cell phones and then began to describe the name 
name of that person, which is really our cell phone, to a friend who lived far away right. and didn't tell them it was a cell phone, they would literally think that we had a new spouse. Right. They would, that yeah. we were so yeah. committed to that spouse and how we behaved around that, you know, that that person. And really it's our cell phone. I mean, if you think about it, we are so dedicated to our social media, our cell phones. And maybe we should name our cell phones because then maybe we'd realize how much we actually are with them and talk about them and I mean, that sounds weird, but like, it makes sense. Like they are a family member. I know one of the things that I thought was interesting as we began to look into this a little bit more and even search our own souls, but came across the idea that when people are addicted to social media or cell phones, there's this portion of our brains that's called the gray matter. And it's interesting because when somebody's addicted, their brain literally starts to change. Uh, physically, the way that you can, you know, view it, it looks different. And so they say that, that all brains have gray matter, but that gray matter is reduced when it comes to people who are addicted to their phones or social media, much like those that are addicted to drugs. And so it's, again, that dopamine hit, that pleasure hit that we get and we pull the refresh button and we're like all excited or somebody, you know, the dinging of the noise of somebody texting us or whatever it is. And so it's so crazy. So if we don't pay attention, if we let it get out of control, if we're not, you know, you and I have to use our phones for our jobs, our work, staying connected with family. But if we don't pay attention, then it starts to really become something that can be dangerous to our marriages. Why? Because it causes tension in our marriage. Sometimes it just like separates us because you're on your phone or I'm on my phone, Don, but it also can be a mood changer. You can be happy and, you know, feeling good. And then one minute you're on social media and you start to see how things are going in other people's lives, or you read something that frustrates you. Again, it's a distraction, but it also sets you up with a skewed view of reality. It is a simulated reality to be looking at people's lives on, you know, social media or on your phone. It's a time waster when you could be investing that time we could done in our marriage or other people or growing deeper relationships. And then of course, there's the dark, dangerous issues that come with our phone usage or social media usage. And that would be porn addictions or gambling addictions or people that you know, they use their phones and they're married, but yet they hook up with other people through Tinder or through other different kinds of apps. And then just the whole nature of a phone, yeah. you know, constantly taking selfies or, or you know, wanting people to like you or, or just the whole nature of it being so narcissistic. It can really feed our pride or feed our self-focus. I mean, so much of our phones and social media is self-focused. I think, Travis, if we're honest with you guys, which we are very often, we throw ourselves under the bus, we have had tensions together about our phone and our own marriage. I know sometimes at night before I go to bed, I pull up my phone and I'm scrolling through social media and I think I'm like, hey, it's the end of my day. I want to just relax and I'll scroll through my phone for 10 or 15 minutes. And then I look over, I'm like, oh man, I haven't talked to you for the last 10 or 15 minutes. And it can cause some tension or times we'll be on our walk and all of a sudden you look down at your phone and I'm like, hey, I'm on a walk. Let's just talk and walk and you be on your phone and we have an argument or tension over that time. But it is a mood changer. I love what you said, the potentially 
bad things that it brings in your marriage. I fully agree with that. It's such a distraction, but something that we have to make sure that we are well aware. We want, we don't want to just ignore this because it could be a huge problem. It really could be. Yeah. And I love that we're on the same page. You know, we'll both be offenders yep. and then we'll kind of point it out and it really helps us. It does. Like then we, we pull both, back. Yes. We both agree. Wait, no, I don't need to be on right. my phone that much. Or I don't need to be on social media that much. Why? Because in the Bible, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, it says, don't love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives mm. Forever. That's good. And that's really the focus of our lives, Don. You and I, it absolutely must be God. It must be the focus should be other people right. and serving others and being kind, loving, caring people, having the goodness of God in our lives. Well, we don't want to just expose something that can potentially be a big problem in marriage. We actually want to give you guys some suggestions, things that we can do to help us keep this in check. Things that, Travis, we have implemented in the past and times we have to stop and re-implement them. But things like just turning off your notifications. I know that helped me tremendously. If I can't see, I have 12 emails, I'm not going to open up my email. So I have, I can't see how many emails that I have in my inbox. The next thing is just growing your knowledge of its negative effects. Like we watched Social Dilemma. That was very eye-opening. So Such a good uh, documentary. Yep. If you haven't seen it, you've got to see it. It's so, so good. So eye-opening. I know another one that we recommend is just Childhood 2.0. And that is just great. If you have kids, it will help you understand phones and even goes a little bit deeper into pornography. Um, another thing that we do that we did quite a few years ago is we just got a real alarm clock and we make sure that we wake up to our alarm clock, not to our phone. Cause we don't want to be the first thing that we touch is our phone. We want to just turn off our alarm clock. We don't want to grab and look at our phone. The next thing is don't take your phone to bed with you. Keep your phone away from bed. And this is, again, this is something that I struggle with because sometimes at the end of my day, I want to just relax and scroll through social media, but refuse to take it to bed. Maybe track your usage. If you're not sure how much you're on social media and you're like, wait, mine, you know, I'm not on there that much. Just look like most phones keep track of it. So track your usage. When it comes to tracking your usage with that, then set time limits for yourself with how much time that you're going to allow yourself on your phone. I like that you said that, Don, because again, my mind flashes back to 8.74 years. I don't want to waste nine years of my life yeah. staring into a rechargeable object that isn't necessarily making my life better. No, I want to spend nine years looking into your yeah. face, laughing with my friends, having new experiences. I love that you said that. Catherine Price, who's the author of How to Break Up with Your Phone and founder of Screen Life Balance, said we should be asking ourselves three questions before picking up a device. And I think these are super helpful questions to ask. The first question is what for, then why now, and what else? So we're asking first what for. You're just asking what is the purpose? Why are you going to use your phone right now? Why now? Ask about timing. Like, do you have to do it right now? Do you have to pick up your phone and use it at that moment? And the last question is what else? What else can I do besides picking up my phone? Maybe you're just bored and you're like, go to pick it up. But what else can you do to accomplish something that you um, has the same purpose? Those are three great questions to ask. Again, what for? Like, what, what's the purpose? 
Why now? The timing of it and what else? What else can you do beyond picking up your phone? So we just want to end with this, what it says out of God's word and just a recap. And this is the best part about this podcast is what the words are from Jesus in Matthew 6, 22. He says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Just a reminder, what are your eyes focused on. If your eyes are really the lamp of the body, are your eyes healthy or are they unhealthy? These words are priceless. If cell phones and social media are becoming a wedge between you and your spouse in your marriage, it's time to have a conversation. And it's time to just be honest. I'm like, yep, okay, I'll admit it. I'm using my phone too much or I'll admit it. I'm on social media too much and it's changing my mood and just making sure that you're fully available to one another versus being fully available to your phone, which is again, like almost cheating on your spouse in a way. And so we just want to encourage you, don't waste nine years of your life. (laughs) Make sure the, the, the eyes of your soul, your lamp, your, your eyeballs are full of light. And make sure that you're holding your spouse's hand more than you're holding your goofy cell phone. It's just not worth it. I'd much rather hold my spouse's hand. Well, we just want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time.